Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 264th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. And a seam root, a seam root across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City. It's our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton. Hey guys, it's uh, it's been way too daggum long um, that we've been. I've been itching to get back here on uh, on the the greatest podcast in the land. Uh, I am a seam route across. We have started football. Speaking of which, we had a scrimmage today against Donaldson Christian Academy. Uh, it was more like an NFL style work day, like uh, I guess co-practice, but uh, nonetheless, we got some good work in, and uh, that's all there is to it. But I'm ready to get back in it, and let's uh, let's start. What is this, season seven? Season seven of the pod. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, guys. Uh, we've lasted a lot longer than uh, <laughs> most head coaches in college football these days at their jobs. I'll tell you that much. That's right. Well, we can't get started without the third man, without the third amigo in the second city, a man who is headed to the Borscht Belt circuit in the Catskills. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ted and Counting, Josh Cook. Yeah, doing a little end of summer road trip here uh, in early August, going out to the tri-state area, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, all where they meet along the Delaware River doing some whitewater rafting, got an Airbnb out like a cabin out there. So we're excited. Well, it's a good thing you're not flying, Josh, because there's a chance you could get duct taped to your seat if you, if you fly Frontier <laughs> Airlines. So there we go. Well, <laughs> so all right. It's worse ways to travel. Yeah, yeah. there really are. Uh, and you're also lucky, Josh. You're not teaching in Nashville because you ought to be back in school right now, like coaches. Oh, huh? yeah. We're 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 doing the we're doing the professional development. When do you go back, Josh? Uh, well, I actually retired. Um, so never. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Our uh, our welcome back professional development meetings and stuff are August eighteenth. That's our first, and then the following Wednesday. When do you get uh, first day back for the students? So the twenty twenty fifth. Then, jeez. When wow. are you done? Uh, May twenty seventh, I think. So that's the May difference. 27th. We we go all the way to June third. Oh, well, that's <laughs> like only a, one week. Like week. <laughs> yeah. That, that... <clears throat> Lucky, lucky somewhere, man. somewhere we, yeah, I know, right? And Jeez. here I am working stiff, working a nine to five. So Chicago kids pick up the material faster than those Nashville kids. What can I say? I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised. Not <laughs> you may not be lying. <laughs> you may not be lying. It's right. Wait, so. yeah, yeah. Wow. All right, yeah. gents. Well, it's. I mean, as we record here on the fourth of August, we are 24 days away from the kickoff of the season. August 28th kicks off Nebraska versus Illinois, mm. uh, which is kind of a strange game to start this season. But hey, you know, I mean, yeah. Bert Bielema returning to the Big Ten. We'll be talking about him in our next episode. For today, though, we're going to start our fall conference previews with the ACC. And the uh, one of the three of us will be leading the way through uh, all of each of the conferences. And uh, as the host, uh, I'm taking the ACC as the first one up. And so what I'm going to do, guys, uh, I mean, you guys can go through your conferences however you please. I'm going to go uh, in my uh, predicted order, uh, first to worst uh, for each division. And I'm going to start here in the Atlantic uh, 
Okay, so pop quiz hotshot. Uh, the Coastal and the Atlantic and the ACC. What seven teams are in the Atlantic, Josh? So um, peeling back the curtain on the show, which I do from time to time, we're working on a like history 101 of football, like for brand new fans thinking about getting into football. And I was tasked with talking about the conferences of the history. So I've been looking at the ACC quite a bit. And I think I remember the two divisions. That having said that, I'm not confident at all that I'm going to get these right. Um, it's kind of like leaders and legends. Yeah. You have no clue. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the Atlantic had more of the northern teams like BC, Pitt. It also has Clemson, kind of a weird one there, I believe. Um, and then it has NC State. Okay, you're three for four so far. Um, and I think I think they stuck Wake Forest in it. Wake Forest is in it, yep. Um, so I'm up to how many? You are four for five so far. I'm four for five. Pitt is the incorrect answer. Pitt is incorrect, okay. Pitt's in the coastal. Because um, when I think of the coast, I think of yeah, Pittsburgh. Pitt. And when is, I think of the Atlantic, I think of uh, one of the other teams in there. Yeah. Uh, so then the Atlantic has the Dukies and Carolina. No, that, keep... they're, they're in the coastal. They're in the coastal. I know. I, I said the coastal. Uh, no, you said the Atlantic, but it's oh, okay. sorry. I meant the coastal. Yeah. Yep. So the coastal has, you know, the big rivalry that they want to be capped. I think Miami is also in the coastal. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got it pulled up, so I can't answer this. Uh, uh, Georgia Tech, I think, is coastal. Uh, Georgia Tech is in the coastal. Both techs is, are in the coastal. And okay, well, thanks for the freebie. Yeah. And then is is Louisville in the coastal? Louisville is in the Atlantic. Atlantic, okay. And then uh, and then I left out Virginia. <clears throat> I think they did they keep Virginia with the more blue blood, uh, at least in terms of the conference, like Duke and Carolina. Uh, yeah, Virginia is. With coastal. is with yeah. uh is in the coastal, yeah. I haven't so, heard it, it's say. it's a weird conference in that uh, in addition to not having geographic divisions. The other thing that's really interesting about their mix of their divisions is each of them seems to have like three of the founders and then like three of the new boys. Yeah. Uh so it's kind of a, it's a interesting mix that they mm-hmm. did that. I yeah. I don't know why they chose to do that. I think that that something they might want to reconsider if mm-hmm. expansion comes their way foreshadowing Ooh, foreshadowing is right well we will start in the atlantic uh with the team that has been the dominant force for most of the last decade and that is the clemson tigers clemson they, they clemson. lost uh they, they lost trevor lawrence they lost travis etienne they lost Jackson Carmen, who was one of their better offensive linemen, uh, amongst others. They lost cornerback Darion Kendrick to transfer to Georgia. Nonetheless, they are still the overwhelming favorite here, not just in the Atlantic, but in the conference at large. I mean, what hasn't already been said about the greatness that Dabo Swinney has brought to this program? Uh, DJ Uyunga Lale, a.k.a. Big Senko, He's taken over for Trevor Lawrence, and he has all the makings of being the next truly great quarterback for the Tigers. Even in the game that he started that they lost to Notre Dame, he was pretty darn good. 
he had uh, some of the best stats of any quarterback in the country in any game last season in that one. So mm -hmm. the former five-star who was the number one player in the country, I think, according to Rivals, back in 2018, 2019, give, uh, 2019, mm -hmm. 2019 class, uh, I'm not worried about him. What I'm interested in seeing, though, is who is going to get the touches that were going to Travis Etienne, both in the run game and the pass game. You guys know that Travis Etienne was an outstanding receiver as a running back. And Lynn J. Dixon looks to be run RB1 for them. But the, the other main backup from last season, Ches Malusi, well, he transferred to Wisconsin. And in comes uh, the next great white hope at running back, Will Shipley. That's Coach, right. have you uh, have you had a chance to see any Will Shipley film? To be honest with you, I have not. But I'm, that surprises I'm excited. me. I'm excited to jump into. I haven't really watched as much uh, recruiting film as I usually do, but um, I, I am I am excited to kind of see what he can do, how this backfield shakes out. That's probably the biggest question mark with this offense because when when you look at their receiving core, you know, I mean, yeah, they, they lose Amari Rogers and Cornell Powell. But what do you do? They've got Justin they, Ross. Yeah, they got Justin Ross. So, um, and then they also got EJ William, Frank Latson, uh, Joseph Ngata, uh, all extremely talented. Bo Collins comes in uh, as well. The and last time I remember seeing Justin Ross, I <clears throat> tweeted, Justin Ross is my spirit animal because Ju Justin Ross is a boss. Because he is a boss. In that national title game that they won back in 2019, he was, uh, sorry, 2018, I guess it was 2018. He was just absolutely making kids look like fools out yeah, there. He, he was he was the dominant receiver in that, and, and that's a team that had T. Higgins. That's a team mm -hmm. that had Amari Rogers and many many more. But Justin pa Justin Ross was the uh, he was the a true freshman at that point. He was and he was a true so, freshman at that point. So he was he, he's someone who's we know is super talented. He sat out last year because of COVID. Haven't seen him in a minute. I'm really excited to see him back on the field to see his chemistry with Big Cinco. But I'm really interested to see what Lindsey Dixon, Will Shipley, or whoever else emerges out of that backfield. Kobe Defend Pace is, is is the big the big hammer in there. He's yeah. So um, I'm I'm interested to see this offensive line as well. Um, you know they've got a. Uh, there's some returning stars. Uh, Matt Brockhorst, he's the he might be the ACC's best guard. Look at, look for him in next year's draft, probably second, third round when guards typically go. Uh, Will Putnam on the right side, Jordan McFadden uh, at left tackle, uh, all taking place of Jackson Carmen. So yeah, they've recruited really well up front, so they should be just fine offensively there. And defensively, out. they really don't have holes, man. Like no. Brian Brzee, uh, who was a true freshman defensive tackle last year, was already one of the strongest players in all of college football. Mm -hmm. And uh, James Soloski, back at linebacker, you'll remember in the Ohio State game, he was tossed for a really questionable targeting back -back penalty. Back-to-back national championship games. Or playoff games. Playoff, playoff games, games, yeah. So for uh, Soloski. And he... And the thing is that he is the heart of that defense. Like yeah. he is the, he's not the most talented player on that defense, but he is the, he is the beating heart that sort of really brings the unit together. And I think that mm -hmm. was a huge blow for them against Ohio state also because he's so strong in the run. Yeah. And, and, and he, he, he allows teams or he allows de his defense to do uh, cause teams to go one dimensional. Mm -hmm. He's somebody that, uh, what's his name? 
God, I just drew a blank. Um, Brent Venables. He's he's somebody that Brent Venables can just unleash on, on, on the run game and and fill in behind them and and force teams into uh, you know put pressure on teams. Also, Balen Specter is somebody um, that that I'm looking forward to in the linebacker spot. Uh, he's 230 pounder. He is uh, he, he's coming in with a lot of promise. Trenton Simpson is also somebody that I really like, but. Um, you know, this the secondary is going to have some Nolan Turner and Zandon, uh, Landon Zander. So there's talent all over, all over the field for Clemson. Uh, some of it, you know, some of it's experience, uh, but extremely talented, you know, but, but there's a little bit of a lack of experience here. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to kind of see what this Clemson team can be able to do because they did lose a lot of guys to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, but they do every place. year at, at, the, at, yeah. at this point. So Josh, what are your thoughts on Clemson? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, top to bottom, they're, they're really, really impressive. You guys highlighted all of that. The thing that is intriguing to me is uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anything for people that follow the ACC, but uh, NC State has a really, really good team. And what's intriguing to me about this Clemson club is their schedule starts with that neutral site game against your dogs up there in charlotte coach Uh, but then they're um home against south carolina state that'll be like a mercy rule score if they're gonna get a running clock in that game yeah (laughs) um then they host georgia tech another game that you know georgia tech's rebuilding year two i believe or maybe year three under the Goff administration, I believe. Year year two and a half, I should say. <laughs> under under, under coach Capri, under coach Capri pants. Um, <laughs> um, so you know, Georgia Tech's not shaping up to be like a team that's gonna push them too much. Their first road trip is NC State. So, you know, they might be <laughs> the greatest team in the year. You know, they might they might be the national champions when it's all said and done. It is a little disconcerting to be like, oh, yeah, our our first true road trip of the season is our toughest conference game. Yeah, it is. That's that's not very ideal. It is. I mean, let's move right into NC State because they are my number two in the Atlantic. I am so high on this Wolfpack team. Like, I am buying all the Dave Doran stock I can find. Matt. I know we're going to jinx them because we're going to jinx them so bad. I love this. Do you know why I love this NC state team though? Ooh, let's see if it's the same thing that we, we both like the offensive line. I we're close. The offensive line for this NC state team is freaking amazing. This team and my number three team in the Atlantic, I think have the two best lines in the conference. Yeah, I was going to say NC State up front on both sides of the ball is um, really the only team kind of on the same block as Clemson in my book. Yeah, the only the, the only thing I worry about on the defensive line side is they have to replace Aline McNeil, who was far and away their best defensive lineman last season. Offensively, though, offensive line, Grant Gibson, best center in the country, not named Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah. And, well, I, th- I think, though, what helps NC State, though, with replacing – McNeil is they return nine starters on defense. Yeah, yeah they do. Um, and their but back seven, their back seven is is outstanding. Yeah, I mean they're, they're they're really good. But I want to talk about the offensive line and the run game a little bit more. 
because uh, not just Gibson, but Ikem Ekwono is a very strong left tackle, super well-balanced offense is the other thing I like about it. They have a really, really good running back in Zonovan Knight. Uh, His combination of, you know, experience and talent will make him one of the upper echelon backs in the conference. Devin Leary coming off of an injury started the first four games last season looks really good got injured missed the last seven if he is above average to very good they might be the second best team in the conference coach yeah i mean i'm, I'm with you and it all starts up front i mean if you if you can win the offensive line defensive lines you're you're going to be really good in this league and and nc state certainly has the talent there i really like Ikem Ekwonu. Yes. Did I say that Ek- right? It's I- Ikem Ekwonu. Ikem Ekwonu. Ekwonu. I'm never going to get that right. No, right. you're not, but I don't expect <laughs> uh, you to. Grant Grant Gibson. Uh, Grant Gibson. I can't even get that one right. Words. Words. <laughs> words. Um, yeah, I, re- I really love the way this offensive line plays. Just the nastiness they have up front. They, they are the, nasty. The, the ability to have strong pass protection as well because – as as uh, as an offensive line coach, and then you as a former offensive lineman, um, well, you're actually still an offensive. Once you're an offensive lineman, you're you're always an offensive lineman. You're an offensive but, lineman for life. Like let's face yes. it. So yeah, pass pass protection is not passive, and and NC State definitely brings that. Um, I really like what they're able to do in the run game. I mean, this is a well balanced offense. They just need some more opportunities and some more reps to play together. I I think they were missing that with some of the injuries, but they get their quarterback back in. Uh, and, and Devin Leary, Bailey Hockman, you don't have to worry about him. He's off to MTSU. Um, and Ben Finley's a, a viable backup, but but Leary, Leary is the guy. And you know, some of the some of the targets they have, they have a big old 6'3, 220 pounder, Emeka Emezi. Emezi? Mm-hmm. Emeka Emezi. What is up with these names? Um, they have <laughs> they're some, Nigerian. They have they have a lot of alliteration on their team, too. They do Grant, Grant Gibson, Emeka Gibson, yep. mm-hmm. Emezi, mm-hmm. uh, Thayer Thomas. Um, it's all they, over the place. They they love alliteration, um, but in, anyway, and they also love big, big six three targets. But uh, I, I really kind of like the way this team plays. And I, I think they're finally figuring some things out there at, at NC State. I, I think they're going to be pretty pretty daggum good. All right. Uh, the other thing about NC State, just to tie a bow on them, to contrast them with Clemson is uh, the NC State scheduling department pulled a, uh, a little maneuver from your league, Coach. Uh, <laughs> a, a, week, a, week, a week before they take on Clemson, they got the uh, Furman Paladins. Oh, yeah. So, Can't sleep on the Paladins, son. Well, well, if the SEC keeps adding people, they're not going to be able to to uh, schedule FCS opponents. So if the right, SEC so keeps adding people, Texas, the Furman's going to be in the SEC. <laughs> they got, they got Texas to beat up on. I mean, Furman fits in the You're SEC footprint right. way better than Texas does. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's true. Well, if you want more on, uh, if you want more on expansion, I don't want to get into an expansion discussion here. But if you want more on an expansion, just check me out. I, I speak plenty about it on Beast of the East, on SEC After Dark, and also on Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Yeah, well, well, if so you know, check, we, check me out we we may touch on it very briefly, but for a more in depth discussion, go check out <laughs> Coach's other shows. They, he gets in on that real good. Number three, 
But I'm buying stock just just to finish that. I'm buying stock on in, on NC State. They're, we're, they're, okay, we're all in on North Carolina State. They're I mean um, they're, they're going they're going two and ten. Yeah, they got the stink. They're they're going two and ten. Doran's getting fired. They're yeah. screwed. Oh, I love Dave Doran too. They're Man. screwed. Okay. Um my number three team in the Atlantic. Also, uh the other team that I would consider to have maybe the best offensive line in the conference. It is my old nemesis turned mm-hmm. my new ally, the B- Boston College Eagles. The fighting, the Flutie Flakes. The Flutie Flakes. Uh, the, I, I don't know what Matt Ryan's cereal would be. Um, Ryan's shredded wheat. <laughs> Ryan's raisin bran. I don't know. There you go. He is, a, he looks like a raisin bran type dude. Um, what raisin bran. Okay. Okay. Raisin Bran is sneaky bad for you. And there is more sugar in Raisin Bran than there is in like freaking Lucky Charms. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you got to make raisins taste good. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but I will one of uh, if I had like if I could only eat like four cereals for the rest of my life, Raisin Bran Crunch would definitely be one of them. Freaking love Raisin Bran Crunch. So, Dude, so it, it, it's all it's all about Rice Krispies, Frosted Flakes, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and. I don't know what the, the honey nut Cheerios probably honey nut Cheerios. Yes. Uh, see, I I'm going to get rid of frosted flakes and I'm going to, I'm going to put in some raisin bran crunch. I'm going to be pretty They're content with great. it. They're um, boring. Um, so I've basically stopped yeah. eating cereal. Yeah, I don't know the last time I had a bowl of cereal. I normally, it's, it's been a while. I, I start my day almost every day with a uh, bagel and locks for real. Yeah, big on locks. Good for you, Coach. Yeah. What's your what 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 what's a Burton breakfast like? Avocare Spark, and then uh, I, I hold out until lunch. Wow, so liquid breakfast. Yeah, dang. Most, I, most days, I, occasionally I, I'll get a biscuit from Chick Fil A, but I yeah. am a uh, bowl of uh, Faya zero percent uh, Greek yogurt with granola and blueberries and raspberries for breakfast, or a. Uh, or an egg, or a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. By the way, there's a Boston College fan out there listening. Going, yes, they picked our team to finish third. They're going to talk about how we might be able to upset NC State or Clemson this year, and we've proceeded to spend the next five to ten minutes talking about breakfast. You know, it's the most important food of the day, even though that's just a marketing campaign because it's really not. So, so what is Phil Jerkovic? Well, we'll get to talk. Breakfast. We'll get to Phil Jerkovic here in a second. The offensive line brings back everybody from last year and are they going to run block this year <laughs> they're going to pass block alec lindstrom ben and that's Petrula, all, and that's all that matters are, are are the two centerpieces of that mm-hmm. offensive line they're, they're the they're the show pieces that you're, you're going to see those guys on sundays i really like lindstrom i really like lindstrom yeah. a lot but mm-hmm. jerkovic is back for his redshirt junior season and I think that Zay Flowers, their number one wide receiver, is one of the best kept secrets in the entire country. I love that guy. Well, he ain't gonna be a secret for long. But he's he not gonna be a secret for long because after Justin Ross, I don't know if there's another receiver in the ACC I would want more than him. No, he's he he's fabulous. He's so versatile. He's so trustworthy. They're gonna have to replace. Hunter Long, the tight end, but I really think that's the only sort of like area of weakness or uncertainty on this offense. I think that they're 
I think that they're going to have a very good offense defense. Not a lot of big name guys. Marcus Valdez, though, he's a guy that really intrigues me. He's about six foot 260, maybe 265 soaking wet. He lines up literally everywhere on the defensive line. I've seen him play zero technique to wide nine. And it doesn't matter where he lines up. He's in the backfield. That's uh that's called versatility. Yeah, that is versatility. And I think that you combine, you know, that sort of versatility with the coaching ability that we have seen out of Halfley's staff and Halfley himself. Yeah. You know, I, I have a I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith in Jeff Halfley. I think that he he's someone who's really impressed me so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a chance. You know, I, I picked them third here, but, you know, they are very close to NC State for me. Yes. I, I think NC State's got a little bit more depth in talent than, than BC, and I think that's where the difference is going to lie. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I think NC State has a decent chance at pulling the Clemson upset. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'd I'd put it at 20%. Win two out of 10. That seems about right. That's about right. BC, I don't feel that. I I think there's a clear difference between NC State and BC. I think. But but here's the thing, because I know. I know random BC fans going to say, oh, I'm being the Debbie Downer on their team. I do like their team. I think they have, well, they're going to beat Colgate in the opener. Massachusetts went 0-4 last year in a farcical season where they scored 12 total. farcical program. Yeah, where they scored 12 points in the entire year. Um, their closest, that, is that bad? bad? Their closest game was losing at Florida Atlantic 24-2. to um, So they're going to start 2-0. Then they play Temple. And we're sort of used to Temple being kind of a frisky American team. Uh, they went one and six last year. So they, they should start three and oh. Then they host Mizzou, who I don't think too, pe- too many people are high on Mizzou's. So uh, very little uh, chance. Yeah. That- I, have Mizzou, I have Mizzou thoughts later in this episode, Josh. Well, the, the, I, I have some too. There, there's a chance they start four and oh. Um, and then in conference play, they're at Clemson. They're, if that game's at yeah, home, I, yeah, I think that's a yeah, better chance yeah. at upset. But they're so, at Clemson, so yeah. so here's their yeah. conference. Here's their conference slate at Clemson. That's a loss. That, that's a lost dog. Yeah, NC State. It's a very tough way to start. Is that in? Uh, is that in Chestnut Hill? It's in Chestnut Hill. Okay, that's that's going to be a great game. At Louisville, which that's, I think that's a win, dog. Yeah, that that's a, mm-hmm. it's definitely winnable. We'll say that. Uh, at Syracuse, a team that should have fired their coach, oh, about 10 months ago. Uh, versus Virginia Tech at home, a team that I'm just frankly not very high on as long as they have their current coach. Yeah. At Georgia Tech. I'm with you, Bill. Rebuild project. Uh, Florida State, who was an abomination last year. Terrible. And Wake Forest, who man, is... They, man, they're terrible. Wake Forest, <laughs> Wake Forest is... Wake Forest is frisky. They're frisky. Yeah, they're well coached. They're frisky. They run a weird system uh, with just trying to score 85 points and win games 85 80. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, good chance BC starts out 4 0. They've got 
at least three conference wins that you feel really good about. And then a couple more sprinkled in. I, I mean, I got them as a good shot to go eight and four. Yes. Yeah, so here's the way I see it. That's a NC, nice NC State has a higher ceiling, but a lower floor. Mm-hmm. Fair. B- BC has, I think, a higher floor, but a not significantly lower, but definitely a lower ceiling. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you just mentioned Wake Forest. Now, a lot of people think Florida State will finish fourth. I'm going with Wake Forest. This is uh, a questionable call for a lot of people. I think a lot of publications I've been reading have them coming in like sixth, mostly. DFL. (laughs) Not DFL. I think think Syracuse is, is DFL. Here's what I like. Syracuse is, for my money, the worst team in the entire conference. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get to them. Wake Forest has a stud, a cap, a stud with a capital S at wide receiver in Jakari Roberson. That dude can, I mean, that dude, Zay Flowers, Justin Ross, like head and shoulders above the head and shoulders above the competition at that at that position in this conference. Secondly, Sam Hartman. Up and down quarterback, but I think the good outweighs the bad. Sixty to forty. Yeah, he, he's always been a big risk taker. He's always mm-hmm. going to take shots downfield, and there's going to be some turnovers. See, that's what I like about them, him. though. He's he's not afraid to talk, take shots downfield. He's got, he's got Roberson. They're going to have to pass protect better. Twenty-seven sacks in nine games last season. That's not good. That's three sacks a game, and that that's coming against not you know the strongest schedule in the world. I mean. Even going against like a like in their that encounter bowl game against Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't have had zero pass rush last season, like zero. I think Wisconsin had four sacks in seven games or some crap like that. They were atrocious pass rushing. Mm-hmm. So on the defensive side, they bring back nine starters. However, they do have to replace Boogie Basham. He was drafted by my beloved Buffalo Bills in the second round. Big time pass rusher need has to be filled, but. I like Dave Clawson more than I like the coaches of any of the three teams below them. So I'm, I'm taking wake forest and I'm trusting Dave Clawson and Jakari Roberson. Here's where I'm going to push. Here's where I'm going to push back on you a little bit, Matt, because this thing about them struggling in pass protection mightily, even though they return all five starters and they can only get better. It's still a big time concern uh, for me as far as keeping keeping guys off of Sam Hartman. Uh, they have a great target in Jakari Robinson. And I, I love the talent and the star power that he brings. I just, I'm concerned about their O-line. I'm concerned about their depth. And I think that's going to hurt them. They're going to be very pesky. They're going to probably win more games than they should. But again, it, it, it's not a team that I would say is up in that upper echelon right now. I'm not saying they're in the upper echelon, but I'm saying they're the best of the mediocrity. That's because I think that Josh, before I talk about Florida state, Josh, what what are your thoughts? My thoughts for wake is they have one of the most fun offenses to watch. And as coach said, if they stay healthy, that offense can keep them in games, have them steal some games um, what you have to absolutely love if you're a Demon Deacon fan is I think they have the most favorable schedule in the entire conference. Um, they open up with Old Dominion, Norfolk State, two wins, host 
a really stinky on paper Florida State team at beatable Virginia, host beatable Louisville at awful Syracuse, then a bye week. So that's a very real possibility of a 6-0 and start. Then they're at Army, who, you know, Army's option attack can be very confounding, but they have an entire bye week to get ready for it. You have to like your chances in that one. And then Duke, who's also on paper one of the worst teams in the league. So there's a very real chance they could start 8-0. Then they head to North Carolina. We'll talk about North Carolina. North Carolina is a, a popular pick to win their division, so that's hard. And then NC State at Clemson at BC to wrap it up. So their their back end is very hard. But say they start out 8-0, they're feeling great. North Carolina gets banged up. NC State gets banged up. Clemson, we don't know who's behind DJ. What if he's out by this late in the season? You know, for teams like Northwestern to win a division or back when they won the Big Ten a couple times, all the stars kind of align. Wake has a fantastic offense, an amazing talent at wide receiver, one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, and a favorable schedule. The stars could align for Wake Forest. And that's what you have to like if you're a Demon Deacon fan. And that's why I pick them ahead of Florida State. Florida State is relying on Mackenzie Milton. Mackenzie Milton is a great talent. Don't get me wrong. Josh, what year did he lead UCF to an undefeated season? Well, it's 1993. We're entering 2021. He wasn't there last season, 2020. Wasn't there in 2019. Nope. I don't think he was there 2018. I think he got hurt in 2017. He got hurt in 2018. They were undefeated in 2017. Okay, so it was off by a year. Yeah, but we haven't really seen him effectively in four years now. And, I mean, it's sad to say, but we don't know how that leg was rebuilt. Because that that was a horrific, horrific injury. Yes, it was. And it hasn't been tested. And if they're expecting him to rekindle the magic... Good luck. And, you know, I, I only want the best from Mackenzie Milton, but at the same time, Florida State's, all, offensive all, line, but, but, Florida State's offensive line is not who I'd want to put a well, completely no, reconstructed leg behind. No, no, here's the thing, though, that we need to point out Mackenzie Milton's leg could be totally healthy and he could look incredible. It is not a one player solution for Florida no, State. I was looking at it. Over the last four seasons, they're 21 and 26. I looked at their defensive stats last year, 36 points a game, six and a half yards per play last season. Yeah, he, he this was defense. not This was not a team that had an incredible defense and just, oh no, our quarterback was awful and that prevented us from winning games. It was, a, they were a terrible team last year. There's no other way to put it. They were awful. A season ago, they were terrible. Is basically what it boils down to. And they had a bunch of, you know, what they had a bunch of transfers. But I don't really know, you know, I trans. We have so many transfers these days. I like Keir Thomas. I like Jermaine Johnson, but like, 
Jambi Robertson in the – it's Robinson or Robertson. I can't remember off the top of my head oh. at DB. But, like, I mean – it's Robinson. It's Robinson. Okay. Jammy is a great name for a cornerback, but a great name does not a great football player make. Like Jaden uh, Lars would be. Uh, okay. Go. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I trust Mike Norvell. I don't know if the player trusts Mike Norvell. I'm down on the Knowles, and I'm going to wait to be proven wrong yeah. about yeah, them. I mean, just to give people an idea, if they're trying to remember what exactly that – happened last year so they were six and seven in 2019 and people were like oh you know you know here comes jay here comes mike norvell what's he gonna do what's he gonna build off that you're forgetting Willie 500 season. i know well okay his debut was a 13 16 loss to georgia tech yeah. a week later actually two weeks later excuse me at miami 52 to 10 Two weeks yeah. later, at Notre Dame, 42-26. They lost three in a row after stunning North Carolina in a game where Mac Brown totally forgot how to coach. Uh, they lost three in a row to stalwarts Louisville, 48-16, Pittsburgh, 41-17, NC State, 38-22. I mean, they weren't even in games last year. No. They beat, they beat two conference teams – and Jacksonville State. They're bad. They were a bad team. Yeah, they, yeah. they were they were horrendous. They're not much better right now, but they, they got to figure some stuff out, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. They're, for me, Florida State is a wait-and-see team. Um, I think the Doke's going to be empty, too. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be like the end of the Willie Taggart year, where there are no fans in the stadium. Well, that's also because there are more COVID cases in Florida than anywhere else, so all the fans are gonna be dead. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, wow. Wow, that went over the line. My Sorry, goodness! I, realized I hit the third rail there. So, oh I'm sorry to the good people Ooh, of Tallahassee. But, go go go, yeah. go get you a wow. snack. You're, go Thanks. get your Snickers. You're not oh, you're not you when you're hungry. Thanks, DeSantis. All right, let's head. Uh, <laughs> To Louisville. The Ville. Uh, will the real Malik Cunningham please stand up? Please stand because up. Because he had a really nice 2019 season. He was one of the worst quarterbacks I watched last year. Oh, wow. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> and he lost, he's lost both Tutu Atwell and Des Fitzpatrick, their top two receivers. There's one player on this offense I like, tight end Marshawn Ford. The defense had a couple okay DBs. Scott Satterfield, though, he's got his work cut out for him. I'm not in on Louisville, or I'm just going to talk about Syracuse right now, too, because I think both these teams are going to be afterthoughts. It, can, I, can I say one thing about yeah, Louisville go real for quick? It, please. Um, no offense to Malik Cunningham, but I trust Scott Satterfield's track record 51 and 24 at App State, eight and five with Louisville back in 2019. I trust him more so than an up and down college quarterback. I think he's going to have a very short leash if he plays like he did in 2020. I don't think we'll see him play the full season if he is like well, he who, played last year. Who are they going to put in? Evan Conley? I, I think Satterfield's just going to say, I'm going to play my youngest guy and try and bank in for 2022. 
I mean, I guess, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that I don't think they're going very far this year. And I definitely don't think Syracuse is going this far this, this year either. Uh, Tommy DeVito is back for like the 15th season, but he can't even win the freaking job. I mean, Garrett Trader has as much a ch- as good a chance as him to win the turning job. Uh, classic, you know, they've got two quarterbacks. They've got zero quarterbacks. Either way, like their offensive line is okay. I guess they're experienced, but they're experienced in giving up sacks and not opening up holes in the run game. They got Taj Harris at wide out, and that's about it. Their defense has two decent edge rushers who I like, Stephon Johnson and Kingsley Jonathan. But other than that, like, I'm sorry. Like, Dino seemed like a good guy. Syracuse is the team of my youth, but this ain't it. No, this this ain't the move. Neither of these teams are, are going to be worth a damn. Um, yeah. And, you know, Florida State is a, a team that, okay, you can see some of the pieces that they have, but it's such a cluster of there. You, you don't really know, but these teams, these last three teams, they got nobody. Like the talent, even for an ACC club, is is, is completely zapped. Yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, we try and not be overly negative and and hammer these teams, but uh, Syracuse Athletic Department clearly doesn't care about football because Dino Babers started out four and eight back-to-back seasons, four and 12 overall in the ACC. So showed no improvement his first two years had a magical, everything went right. 10 and three. We fell big went 10 and three. It's a 10 and three season, but they it was not Clemson. Like, but when you look at some of the results from that season, it was smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I mean, they beat North Carolina in double overtime to to pull out a win there. Um, they played just three ranked teams all year that season. Um, they, they, their non-conference was Western Michigan, Wagner, and Connecticut. So it was a soft schedule, soft ACC that year. They beat up on Florida State. The very next season, they went five and seven. That should have been a red flag. I would have fired him after the 2019 season. He had, in 2019, he had his third two and six ACC season. He's never been competitive in the ACC, save for one year. It's a big enough sample size. They inexplicably brought him back in 2020. One in 10 last season. They're, they were awful. He is probably the worst coach in the power conferences. He's certainly the worst coach in the ACC. And, uh, I mean, th- this season just does not shape up well for them. Um, you know, they, they open at Ohio, maybe, since Frank Solich stepped down. Maybe that's more winnable. Um, Rutgers was frisky last year, chopping wood. Albany, okay, maybe they start out three and zero, but then they play Liberty. Liberty was better than them last year. Liberty, Florida State, Liberty. As much as we clowned on Florida State, they were better than Syracuse last year. I don't see a conference win for them. I don't. 
Yeah, I, I don't see a conference win for them either. I think that they are far and away the worst team. Okay, that took way too long. We're going to go <laughs> through the Coastal way faster, starting with North Carolina. They're the favorite for a reason. Uh, I think you can make an argument that Sam Howell is the best quarterback in college football. Ooh. Yeah. Are you, I, are you making a Heisman I'm, prediction? I'm not making a Heisman prediction. I'm saying he might be the best player, but mm. I don't know if the team is quite going to get him there. I do. I see UNC going like 10 and 2, 11 and 1 kind of mm. thing. But hey, I don't you think. Know, you know how I could uh, really reverse jinx North Carolina? How's that? I remember a few years ago, I was like, Mitch Trubisky, who's this Mitch Trubisky guy? He doesn't sound like a quarterback. North Carolina's going to be awful. And then, like, <laughs> that was the one good year under Larry Fedora. Yeah. Should I, should, I help, should I help the Tar Heels out and be like, Sam Howell? Sam Howell, what kind of name is that? He doesn't sound like a quarterback. <laughs> Sam Howell sounds like a... Yeah, the, 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 the difference is that Sam Howell has been playing since he was a freshman. Trubisky started for one year. True. And Mac we Brown, really I, I think Mac Brown knows a little bit more about football than the Hatter did. Les Miles? The Just a no, the Hat Man, Larry Fedora. Not the Mad Hatter in Les Miles. Um, <laughs> Out of a job. Uh, Anyhow. Yeah, I, I mean, North Carolina was really good last year. They had that strange Florida State game where I think Mac Brown thought it was mid nineties. Yeah, he thought it was coach against. He thought it was coach against Bobby Bowden. He was having like yeah. weird flashbacks. So yeah, um, I really like, really like how the schedule unfolds for North the Carolina. Heels, yeah. Uh, they open at Virginia Tech, who I I'm not very high on. on That's the a win. I, I think they win that, uh, and then uh, some very soft games until mid October when they get Miami. Uh, but it's at home, yeah. And then and then they have their toughest game of the year at Notre Dame, but it's no longer a conference game. That was a one time thing. A one off. Yep. Uh, so they can you know they can lose that game a hundred to nothing, and it doesn't impact their conference mm-hmm. title race at all. And then the back end of their schedule, also very nice. Next toughest game is the final game of the season at NC State. So yeah. uh, all their toughies are spread apart. Yep. Got to like that. Um, I, yeah. I, I I think they had they got one of the best. It was going to be one of the most impactful transfers of the season. Ty Chandler, running back from Tennessee, is coming over uh, after the uh, you know the rats are fleeing the sinking ship at Tennessee. <laughs> Uh, they 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 snatched up Ty Chandler, and I think he's gonna plop right in, filling for Javante Williams and Michael Carter really well. I thought things were going well at Tennessee. Didn't they just give their coach a big extension? Oh, <laughs> they they gave him they gave him a McDonald's bag. <laughs> they also have uh this what I would I think is the second best cornerback duo in the country. Mm. Oh, Tony Grimes and the man. <laughs> With the best name in the whole country, Storm Duck. Ooh. Storm Duck, better, not not, not just Smoke Monday. Yes. Storm Duck it Storm Duck Trump Smoke Monday. I, I don't I, st- what's better th- I mean the only thing I can ever think of better than Storm Dunk is f- former Ole Miss wide receiver Philander Moore. Yeah, true. <laughs> Only thing I really I'm a little worried about the front seven of the defense, but not worried enough to be overly concerned um, with UNC. I think they're going to win the coastal, and I like them to be in the title game with Clemson. I, I don't think that Miami, the team I'm going to 
talk about next is, you know, I, I don't think they have the hosses to keep up. Not right? on defense. No, I mean, definitely not. So let's talk about that team from the U. D.R. King is still somehow playing college football. He's like, I mean, I, I assume that he has like four grandchildren at this point. <laughs> like, I feels like he's been here for the entirety of the time we've been doing this podcast. Uh, no, but he, no, he's a six year senior. Um, he was somehow he, Kyle Trask was his high school backup. <laughs> and insane. now Kyle Trask is in the NFL and he's still playing college football. Well, that's like Tate Martell. He came in the same year as Jake Fromm. And Jake Fromm is in his second year in the of NFL. The NFL. And, and Tate, Tate Martell is a trying to compete at UNLV. Yeah, which yeah. wasn't Tate Martell at South Florida last year? He was at Miami last year. Miami last year. He was at Miami. South, South Florida has a co- as a quarterback that's been like everywhere too. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about them in our American Conference preview. The one thing that they did in the transfer portal really like they got Charleston Rambo. Um, from Oklahoma, who I think is a really nice piece at wide receiver. The, the U, though, they've got to place, replace a bunch of guys at D-line, including Jalen Phillips and Greg Russo, who didn't even play last year, played two years ago, but led the country in sacks, who was drafted in the first round by my beloved Buffalo Bills. So the U, I think that, you know, King is kind of, is coming back from injury. Yes, he's a veteran presence, but I also I'm just I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I feel like there's a little too much up in the air, and I'm still not sold on Manny Diaz. I don't I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm I'm still not sold on Manny. No, and I I mean, if you're thinking, okay, Miami and North Carolina clearly have the most talent on paper. What what's going to be the X factor? Well, the, the X factor is. Two things, two X factors, a double X factor. The game's in Chapel Hill, and North Carolina has the better coach. So uh, that, I think that'll be the the difference. Um, Miami's schedule, though, it is got to be one of the toughest in the entire country. They open in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game down Alabama. there in Atlanta against Alabama. And then, oh, hey, you know, a week later, let's just play one of the most consistent group of five, or a group of whatever it is uh, <laughs> uh teams uh in app state i don't know what to do with the big 12 is it group of five or group of six what are, what are we doing uh, uh, well, for this season still group of five <laughs> it'll be group of six yeah. very soon uh but There's yeah a, a week later a week later they get app state and then a week later oh hey let's have a big 10 team come to town admittedly michigan state's uh not going to be very good but still i mean it's a big 10 team um, and then a couple softies, uh, Central Connecticut and Virginia, and then oh hey, let, now let's now let's travel to North Carolina and then take on NC State. Let's just uh, knock those two tough games out right in the middle. Uh, it, it's a grind. It is an absolute grind. This is. I mean, you could see is, it. You could see a two and three start with that. You could, and you know how fickle that fan base is uh, with the U. I yeah. mean, th- they start out two and three. Hard Rock Cafe Stadium might have about 10 people in it. I mean, that, that it, it usually does. Game. So, all right. Next, uh, I don't know why some people are buzzing about Virginia Tech. I am not choosing them here. I got Pitt coming in third because I think that the, this defense is still nasty. I still, I still think that that uh narduzzi and co 
have some of the best defensive players in the country. It all it all boils down to Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett can play consistent good football. We've seen him play some good football. If he can play consistently, I really, really like this pit defense. I mean, to begin with, Kalijah Kansi is outside of Brian Brzee, who I talked about on Clemson. I think Kalijah Kansi is the best defensive lineman in the conference. Devin Danielson, who plays right next to him, is really good. Keyshawn Camp, who is their third stringer, is really good. They have some absolute animals on the defensive line. And behind them, Cam Bright is probably the best off-ball linebacker in the ACC. Unbelievable tackler. Unbelievable tackler. I don't know if I've ever seen him miss a tackle. And some really solid, even if they're not spectacular, Marquise Williams and Damari Mathis are, are more than, you know, well, well above average corners. I love this defense. Like this is, it's one of my favorite defenses in all of college football. But let's let's look at the offensive side of the ball for this team. Also, so, let, let, so, so let's not, and let's just talk about the defense because <laughs> I'm trying to stay positive here. <laughs> I hear you. Um, although they can hang their hat uh, defensively, uh, you know, to me, Kenny Pickett is somebody. I don't know why he was thinking about testing the NFL waters, but um, he he's got some t- he's got some experience now. He's got some things under his belt. This team struggled on the ground. And and it seemed like every time I wanted to pick pit and it was because I was enamored with their defense, they always screwed me with the, just an absolutely terrible 120 yard <laughs> per game rushing attack or whatever you want to call that attempt at offense. Um, they had some pretty good receivers. I, I like Jordan Addison. I think he's, I think he's, yeah, a I, solid think, I think Addison's good. I think, T- I think TC or Mac is pretty good too. Yeah. Um, you know, DJ Turner's gone, but I mean, they're going to, they, they got some holes to fill offensively. And, mm-hmm. and to me that, you know, I feel like this pit team is going to struggle to score points and yeah, but I, don't think anyone's gonna sc- good, I don't think anyone's going to yeah, score against I, them. I know, I know, Matt, that's what I was about to say. You, you, you're getting too excited over there, man. Um, that's what I was getting ready to say that they, you know, they're not going to score much, but they're not going to let up many points either. So, um, for them, they just got to take care of the ball. And let their defense go to work, give them opportunities, and just grind games down to enough. And I really like Vincent Davis at the running back position. He's a big 225-pound masher, somebody that fits in perfectly with the identity of this team. I think he's got to have a better season. This pit team is very, very sneaky line in the weeds. Here's the thing. You, you talk about Davis at tailback. Do you know who I like? Israel Abanaconda. He is the lightning to Davis's thunder. Yes, and I think I, I think they are they're going to win games like seventeen to ten. Like they they're going to be in this grinded out. Like it's going to like I think that uh you know I I I think that this is going to be like nineteen seventies Big Ten football. Like this is going to be Kirby Smart just perked his ears up. Yeah, three yards and a cloud of dust. Bo Schembechler is 
excited about this style of football. Yes, so is Woody Hayes. So, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of like this pit team. I, I really like their nasty. Yeah, and I, I think they, I think Marcus Minor was a really good pickup in the transfer portal on the offensive line for them. So Matt, where, where do you have uh, speaking of speaking of Pitt, where do you have Virginia? <laughs> Funny you should ask. They're my number four team. Well, let me hey. wait, 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 let me talk hey. about Pitt for a second. I, I want to get on the Pit. You want to get on the Pit love? No, I I actually don't. Uh, do, do you have love for the Pit? Oh, are you are you going to zag? I am going to zag. Oh, and okay. Let's hear it. Not a lot, just a little bit. So. He's going to gun zag. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about Pitt is uh, our, our good friends over at Athlete Sports uh, in their little preview of Pitt, it said retro freshman to watch their kicker. So that shows you where uh, their offense is. They're a veteran team, uh, my friend. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give Pitt this, the two teams they should be looking ahead of uh, to, to knock off if they're going to stun and win the division, North Carolina, and Miami, both come to their place. Pat Narduzzi, consistent winner, eight wins uh, three times in his career. He's only been under 500 once in the conference, so he's very consistent with that. Um, the problem that I have for them is not really necessarily anything about their team because their defense is incredible. Uh, I just – they're really unfavorable schedule. One of their crossover games is Clemson – um, you know, the, it's just, I, I'm worried about them. I, I, I think they can win plenty of games, 17 to 10. I don't think they actually will accomplish that. And Matt, I'm glad you're talking about Virginia next. Cause that's my big zag. I actually like this Virginia team a lot. Well, I returned the- five starters on the offensive line, Matt. They're, they're really good. Uh, that's they, good. They had 23 yards and 30 points a game. Uh, That's really good. Year. And you know what? Yeah. You, and you know what else? I really yeah. like their quarterback. Brennan yeah. Armstrong, like I, there's a lot to like about Brennan Armstrong. Dude basically accounts for 300 yards a game by himself. Mm-hmm. And Billy Kemp, or should I say Billy Kemp, the fourth uh, at wide receiver, uh, plus Artie Henry at wide receiver. I think that's a really nice little one-two combo. They don't have the, like, top top tier talent but i think those both of those guys are very consistent armstrong though he's gonna have to cut down on the turnovers yeah he, like he, 11, it, 11 interceptions he's got to get more accurate too and that, that'll mm-hmm. help 59 percent of his passes last year he needs to get that up about at least 6%. yeah I, i'm worried about the run game but it, it it doesn't worry me as much so i do think that they have a solid offensive line um elusigan Uluwatimi. There's a name for you, coach. Uh, really, nice. really nice at the guard position. Chris the Glasser. De- there, there, there's a name I can handle. <laughs> Glasser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> defensively, however, I think that they have. I think they've got, they've got dudes at all three levels, and I think that's really important for them. I think their defense is going to be super well balanced. They didn't have the greatest of seasons last year, but. I really they, like. They had the epitome of of average. They were five and five, um, not bad, not bad. Uh, but they they got some dudes, like you said, they got some dudes. Yeah, I mean, whether it's 
Noah Taylor, who I really like as an edge rusher. I think he's he, he's really solid. Aaron F- uh, Famui, uh, who is on the interior. I think there's a lot of really good interior defensive linemen, like D, like old school D tackles in the ACC, um, more so than most other conferences right now. I think that there's a lot of really good dudes here. What so, fires me up, Matt, about this team is that you bring back a lot of experience. And mm-hmm. when, when, when you have a well-coached team that – Pitt has, they bring back a lot of experience. When you have a well-coached team like Virginia, Wake Forest, they bring back some of that experience. That bodes really mm-hmm. well yeah. um, in, in conference, especially in a conference where the bottom half is extremely weak and the, the top half has holes, right? Like there's no, like outside of Clemson, like there is no clear far and away favorite especially in this division i mean north carolina is the closest thing to it so it's the closest thing but they have holes yeah they have holes right clemson doesn't have many holes but they have holes too but virginia is a team that like they get a few things going they're looking at you know if they get on a streak here if they get hot you know they have just as good of a chance as anybody and i I really like this team and if you put me with virginia versus pitt you know i'm going to kind of Lean with uh, lean with Josh here on on. I, I really okay. love this. So you, Cavalier you guys team. like the Cavaliers, Josh? Yeah. Don't, so, so don't get me wrong. I like Pitt too, but I think Virginia is a little bit more balanced, right. and well well rounded. So here's where I'm coming from. So you know, Virginia fires Mike London back at the conclusion of the 2015 season, and they surprise pretty much everyone by picking off Bronco Mendenhall from BYU, and you know. Bronco Mendenhall BYU was 99 and 43, proven commodity. And we see the classic rebuilding 2016, 2 and 10. 2017, 6 and 7, made a bowl game. 2018, 8 and 5, win that bowl game. 2019, the breakthrough, win the division, get to the Orange Bowl. So 2020, you're expecting to build off that. Well, what happened? They were really sloppy, turnover prone, and literally everyone on their defense, I think, got hurt. Those two things should have made Virginia the worst team in the conference. But as coach just said, they were five and five, four and five in the ACC. They have a really good coach. You cut down the turnovers, you stay healthy on defense. It's very fixable yeah. things. Yeah. You, yeah. And, and, yeah. and turnovers, that we, we know, are not something yeah. that are consistent from season to season. No. No. Especially the, defensively. Yeah. The thing, though, if you are worried, and if you're looking at splitting hairs between Pitt, which Matt likes, Virginia, which coach and I like, or Virginia Tech, which um, seems like more of the national media likes, if you're splitting hairs among these three teams, I will say this. Virginia has the hardest schedule of all of them. They travel to North Carolina. They travel to Miami. They travel to Pitt. Um, you know, that that's not very favorable to say the least. Yeah, it's not. Well, let's talk about that Virginia Tech team. Do we have to? We'll make it quick. We'll make it quick. I don't think any of us are that impressed by the Justin Fuente area. Not at all. Like mm. that, you want to talk about a smoke and mirrors type hire. I don't know what he did in that interview process, but I think he lost that binder. <laughs> They're 19 and 18 in the last three years. I mean, 
okay, Braxton Burmeester is back, but does that really move the needle for you at quarterback? No. no. They lost Khalil Herbert. He was their best offensive player. He's gone. At least they have Christian Darisalt. Wait. Oh, wait. No. Aww. Sorry. He's gone too. And Darisalt. Yeah. I mean, the Darisalt. Vikings. Yeah. Uh, at least they have Doug Nestor at guard. Wait. Nope. Sorry. Damn. Uh, okay. They like, have. I mean, they, they, Amari Barno is okay um, at defensive end, but like they have uh, Trey Turner. Trey Turner is a good wide receiver. Yeah. Um, James Mitchell's a good tight end. I'm not sure if I'm not, I, I don't trust Burmeister to get them the ball though. Is really what it boils down. I, to. I don't think they can protect him. I don't yeah. think they're going to be able to run well enough to, to, to keep teams. No. Off and I, and I don't think that, I don't think, I really don't think they have much of a defense. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, so defensively last year, um, a little over 32 points per game. 160 rushing yards a game, uh, 6.2 yards per play. They're the Tennessee uh, of the ACC. You look, you look at just 2019, Whoa. 2019, 2018, two of maybe Bud Foster's worst years coaching, and th- their defense was still better in Bud Foster's two worst years. It seems like. Uh, so yeah, I mean they're. I'm just not really buying anything that uh, Virginia yeah. Tech is. No, none. Like, what do they have to hang their hat on offensively or defensively? Like, none of that scares me whatsoever. None of that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's talk about Georgia Tech. Let's well, talk about let's, the Rambling Let's, let's talk about Virginia Tech schedule super, super, super quick because we've been doing that for everyone else. Um, they have kind of an interesting schedule. Uh, they have orange effect and white effect listed on their schedule. And then Notre Dame, look out Notre Dame. They have a hokey effect at the stadium. And then very next week against Pitt, because Pitt deserves this, a maroon effect game. (laughs) They're more concerned with how the crowd looks and how they actually play on the field. Yeah, but uh, for Virginia Tech, they travel to that Miami team that we've talked a lot about. They open, they open the season with North Carolina. Uh, who do you think is going to have their team more ready week one? Hall of Fame, Mac Brown, or Justin Fuente? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to take Mac Brown. Yeah. Wow, what a limb. <laughs> Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins. Georgia Tech, they... Coach Goff. Yeah, Coach Goff. Um <laughs> Well, Coach yeah, Goof? Got- is, Ray, is Ray Goof coaching George Tech these days? He is. In between shifts at Zaxby's. Um, <laughs> they uh, <laughs> Didn't they get 70 burgered against Clemson last year? At yeah, home? Something against Clemson last year. It was not pretty. About right. It was a 70 burger, I think. But um, in, in all seriousness, uh, for Georgia Tech, at least they have a quarterback they feel good about. And just- you know what? Here, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do a what is it, the criticism sandwich or whatever not? Like, you know, we start with, with, with a positive, then you go to the negative, then you go to the positive. This might be like a quadruple step burger yeah. with the negative in the middle. I like their running backs. A, a Big Mac I, with a special sauce. I really yeah. like their running backs. 
I think Jameer Gibb and Jordan, Jordan Mason, Mason are both really solid, yeah. solid, better than yeah. solid running back. I think I think Gibbs has a chance to be special. Yeah, I, I do. Too. I don't I, think, I think there's anyone on this team who can make a damn hole for him, or either of no. them. I should say. I think their no. offensive line is like. I think their offensive line makes Florida State blush. Yeah. But they do have Jordan. The, the, the one thing on their offensive line that, that's promising, they have a couple, uh, they have a really tall six, seven, 320 pounder in Jordan Williams. Uh, they have a Vanderbilt grad transfer, Devin Cochran. Uh, they have Dude, a He six, couldn't six, even start for Vanderbilt. That's, <laughs> but that's why he's going to be great at Jordan. Wait, no. Um, yeah, that, that proves my point. Like that, this offensive line, this offensive line is terrible. They're, the they're banking is, on a freshman, like Jordan Williams. Like they're they're hanging their hat. Their their premier centerpiece of this offensive line is a freshman. They've got a couple the, of decent edge defenders: Jordan Dominic, Keon White. But like, I just th- th- there's not a whole lot of talent on this team. The the problem is though that even if they are improved, which they, they should be. I mean, they've looked a little bit better in Collins' time there. They got a little tougher as the season went. Their schedule. Oh, my God. It's so brutal. It's their schedule so had to brutal. have been created by a Georgia fan. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going to go week by week. I'm just going to give some of the highlights. September 18th at Clemson. Follow that a week later by North Carolina. Let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, middle of November, or early November at Miami. Follow that up by hosting in another crossover game, the BC team that we've talked about how they are very intriguing. Oh, and then let's just end the last two weeks of the season at Notre Dame and then Georgia. I mean, they have a nasty crossover. I mean, it's just... they could have had in all honesty, they could have seven and five, eight and four talent and make a bowl game, but their schedule does not unfold that way. Yeah. It's a brutal schedule. They, they follow, they follow North Carolina with another home tilt against a very physical pit team, which, you know, could set the stage for a very tough October at Duke, who seems to be pesky sometimes in, in the month of October. Well, They're at Virginia, home against Virginia Tech. Um, I, I, don't, I don't care how talentless Duke is. Cutcliffe always has his teams pesky, playing tough. They may not win a whole lot, but they're, they're one of those teams where you play them and you're like, well, how did we almost lose to them? Let's <laughs> talk about that Duke team because, I mean, their starting quarterback transfer- It's the last dance for Krzyzewski, right? Their starting quarterback transferred to Appalachian State because he thought it was a better gig than starting at Duke. Right. Oh boy. Not. I mean, they oh have boy. Mateo Durant and as at running back, and that's it on offense. Like that's what they got. They got. <laughs> I'm looking at the college football news. Uh, preview and <laughs> like most teams have like a generous three paragraphs for each side of the ball they have a high school they have three high school paragraphs and josh you know what i'm talking about when i say <laughs> high school paragraphs like where the kid raises his hand and goes wait so how many sentences is that that, that we have to write 
This like, is this is how they previewed Duke. They probably spent they probably spent six hours trying to just figure out how they could polish this turd. Yeah, I mean, and defensively, this might be the worst defense in Power Five. Like it, it would not surprise me. They graduated everyone. Like they're bringing back I think, three starters, maybe four. But you know what's and funny, this Matt? is off of a team that gave up thirty eight points a game last year. Like you, they are so bad. You know what's they're funny? So though? bad. They're they're gonna beat somebody that they shouldn't. Oh, of course, because Cutcliffe's a freaking a freaking warlock. And, and they're gonna be and 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 you're gonna we're gonna be sitting here like we're gonna be sitting here and they're gonna have beaten Miami and we're gonna be like what the flip just happened? Well, Cutcliffe versus Manny Diaz is what will have happened, right? Well, yeah, because they lost forty eight nothing to Miami a year ago. The revenge they're, game, they're, revenge they're gonna, game. They're gonna go to Blacksburg and just. And just mushroom stamp Virginia Tech, and right? we're gonna be like, "Room, like, why? What? Uh, they do play Kansas, so the the oh, battle boy. of the worst defenses, September twenty fifth. Circle that one. That's got to be in spread formations. Yeah, you guys, I'm getting worried that Les Miles is not turning around Kansas. <laughs> um, I would love to watch that if it was a basketball game. <laughs> that would be a hell of a basketball. That would be one heck of a basketball but, game. But look at the schedule. They go at Char- they're at Charlotte first of all. I think Charlotte's gonna beat them. They've I think they beat Charlotte last year. Will, will Healy? Will Healy? Uh, uh. Yeah. They're home against North Carolina A and T. Then they go home. And, they go home and home the next the next two games against Northwestern and Kansas. Northwestern could curb stomp them. Uh, then they're at North Carolina, home against Georgia Tech, at Virginia. Like this, like there might. Have, I mean, the brutal schedule. It's, it's brutal for them. Like they they, they they should be Kansas. They should be Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lance I mean, is going to get them. Maybe they'll be lucky to get to four name. I, I, I do not like this. I this do is, not like the way this, this looks. This is, okay. Yeah. I mean, if brutal. you want, want to say anything though about Cockluff. So, um, you know, he isn't down very often at. Duke once he got things turned around in the 2012 season, making his first bowl game there. Uh, the 2016 season, they went four and eight, one and seven. Yeah, I mean, he would have seven five bowl games in six very, years, like yeah, 2012 and to 2018. Like, they were good. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I guess, uh, in all fairness, and I don't know anything about the man, I've never talked to him. I don't know anything. One at Duke, this is just purely random speculation, but um, he's been in the game a long time. He's 66. He started his coaching career down at Banks High School in 1976. We've seen it plenty of times with older coaches. At the end... They're going to fire cut and bring back back Spurrier. (laughs) I was just going to say, at the end, what happens is they like the game days they like the pageantry they like that fire on saturdays but from sunday to the next week the heart's not there they're not recruiting as hard they're not on top of things as much recruiting the new style of recruiting to drive a lot of these like these older coaches that were thinking about Uh, retiring they're going to retire yeah so uh, i mean we all like David Cutcliffe. I hope this is. Oh, you know, I, we are a pro David Cutcliffe show. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think he's done incredible things at Duke. I mean, they they did incredible things at Ole Miss. Yeah, well, I mean, they freaking won a division back in 2013. With that's ridiculous, Duke. That's ridiculous. Ole Miss. Oh, he got screwed by Ole Miss. Ole Miss should have never fired him. No. Well, they needed to get they they fired him for Coach O, didn't they? Yeah, they fired him for Coach O. <laughs> and then they got used to Nut. It was a long Nut. It was or was it wait, was it Nut before Orgeron or Orgeron before Nut? I don't remember. It was Orgeron before <laughs> Nut. It, it was. <laughs> got to Orgeron gotta, before you Nut, I guess. You, you, you got to get, get the O. Hold on. You got to get the O before you Nut. Before you get the Nut. Coach and I were in sync with. Coach and I were making the exact same joke at the exact same moment. Do we need to say jinx, Josh? <laughs> oh lord uh, okay wow okay so we're gonna have to put the nc17 rating on this uh, on this episode oh no we don't no we don't okay um that was just innuendo no so one knows quickly about. offensive player of the year for the conference i'm taking sam howell i can you can give me an argument for big cinco and i, I could see that as well if you really believe in Derek king i guess but i'm taking i'm taking sam howell I don't trust Derek King's knee. I mean, I, I know things are going well prognostication wise, but last I checked, the, the ACL used to be an all year injury and he had in the bowl game. So, did you say the ACLU? No. The ACLU. I said the ACL used to be. <laughs> the ACLU is definitely year round. It's definitely a year long injury as well. <laughs> Sometimes uh, two years. Yeah. Oh Lord. Uh, no, I, I think Sam Howell's the right pick. Also, Coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite of you guys. I'm going uh, Big Cinco, DJ. Big Cinco, yeah, DJ I Ukulele. Mean, can't go um, wrong there. He's uh, gonna be the dude's gonna put up monster numbers, and, and Justin Ross is going yeah. to yeah. be a first rounder because of Justin it. Ross is uh, the other guy I, I, I like there. Uh, Dark Horse probably Jerkovic. Uh, for me, but would you call? Would you call me? Exactly. Uh, you could also. I could also see a Zonovan Knight uh, if NC yeah. State really is able to bubble up defensive player of the year. Jakari Roberson too is somebody that could possibly get yeah. there. Uh, defensive player of the year. Give me Brzee on Clemson. Brzee, I mean, yeah. He's a my god. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, my I, that, god. My, I mean, he, that dude is. Nasty. I mean, he's he's nasty. He he's one of the physically strongest college football players I've ever seen and he was just a freshman. Dude was a freshman last year. Unreal strength. Josh? Yeah, I mean, he's the, the smart pick. If you want to if you want to to zig, there's a whole slew of uh, defensive players um, at NC State because they've got a really good defense on paper, as does Pitt, and then uh, Conference champ Clemson until proven otherwise, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Clemson, North Carolina, and the championship game, Clemson over North Carolina. I think this one's pretty straightforward. Yeah, uh, I, I think in all honesty, I think NC State's the second best team in the conference. And yep, I agree. So I agree. If if the Tar Heels and the Wolfpack were flipped, that'd be an interesting title game. That would be great. That I mean, be. the de facto title would, game will be when those two teams play. Uh, coach on the hot seat, most likely to be fired, Dino. Dino, Dino should have been fired two years ago. ago. So, yeah. so since Debo, since Dino's the obvious choice, is there anybody else? Fuente, Fuente. gotta be Fuente. Yeah, gotta be Fuente. Um, 
I don't think Cutcliffe just because they, they ain't firing cut. I don't think they're gonna fire they cut. I think they're gonna let they're gonna let him right off into the sunset. Broncos done too well. Collins has done too well. I think that uh, Narduzzi's done too well. Nor- Norvell, if they're if, really bad again, if they're if they're bad bad again. Same with Satterfield. If he puts up a no a, a, a two spot. It's only it's only his second season, man. Like or third. Second, but if he second puts up a two spot, that'll be his third season. Sorry, third it's season. I think it's one more. I think it's one more. I think it's one more. One more. One more. Puts up a two spot. I think he's gone. I don't think. Maybe. I don't think Louisville only wins two games. No, I think Louisville's going to win four or five. Yeah, he still might. So. He'll get red hot for sure. So. Matt, you mentioned uh, Bronco Mendenhall's done too well. Bronco Mendenhall is my dark horse for a coach of the year. Yes. Oh, I, I mean, he's not even a dark horse for me. He's probably him and Narduzzi are one A and one B for me. With, uh, you're, well, thinking a, from a bit, you're thinking from a Big Ten perspective where the Big Ten always gives the coach of the year to the coach that uh, defies expectations. Yeah. Uh, in in all honesty, um, probably Mac Brown winning the division will get him coach of the year. Yeah, that or uh, <laughs> if, if Clawson gets Wake Forest to finish – third or fourth in the Atlantic, like I predict them to, I think Clawson can be coach of the year. If Clawson gets if, if is that team to eight and four, he's getting coach of the year. If Dorn pushes Clemson, I think he gets it. A 10 and two, like a, I think a 10 and two from NC State. Yeah, you could see that. Yeah, I, so. I, I can see that. Finish or even Halfley. If, if, if Halfley gets BC to eight, 10 and two, nine and three. You could see that too, but I think Doran, Doran getting NC State to 10 and two, I think that that would probably do it 10 and two with a competitive loss against Clemson. I, I think should seal the deal for him. So what right. about, what about nine and three with an upset of Clemson? <laughs> Definitely seals the deal. Yeah. BB Clemson nine and three. Yeah. I think that would do it. They, they go one and 11, but they, Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> if they go one and 11 and just be Clemson, I, I don't even know what I'll think. Coach of the year. Uh, coach, <laughs> yeah, national coach of the year. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight here on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So, on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in the Music City, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in the Windy City, this is the professor in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. East Villanocket, Maine, the town that paper made. Coming next time. I thought you said Andy Andy Milanakis, the star of it. (laughs) I thought you said Zach Galifianakis, so I don't know where we're going with that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.